0: have uh, Josh Kurtz with us this morning, Josh is a friend of mine, uh, we've gotten to connect a couple times and uh, Josh works with an organization called Global Outreach Development International. I got that all, got God, G-O-D International, uh, so that's, that's easier to remember. I'll sense. let you uh, share and talk about what you're doing with new water work, uh, just glad you're here and, and that you brought the whole family with you this morning. <laughs> In case you're wondering who these guys are over here, they're part of my family. I guess they're my entourage at this moment in time. Um, but yeah, as Adam was saying, we've actually known each other now for I think six years. Is that right? 2013, I think it was when we first met, something like that. So about six years now. And uh, I really cherish this guy, he, he's really a blessing uh, and has a heart for the Lord and wants to see his god's people connect with the lord in very real and tangible ways and so i appreciate adam so a- <laughs> good. hey you got a hand clap man give it up for adam <laughs> um and as adam was saying my name is josh kurtz and i am a part of this clan over here that are here in Elizabethtown and lancaster area and that's where my father grew up i am currently my My immediate family, which is Alyssa, Jackson, Amani, and Isaiah, you guys can all raise your hand if you want, give a shout out, there you go. (laughs) Uh, We live in Nashville, Tennessee, and that's where we're hubbed from. Uh, Global outreach to internet, I can't even say it, <laughs> Global Outreach Developments International. Uh, our headquarters is in Nashville, Tennessee, and we work in four other regions of the world. We work in Latin America, Southeast Asia, uh, East Africa, and India. Can't forget India, that's, that's a big one. But um, so those are the four regions that we work in the world. And I am a program manager for New Waterworks, And this program is connected to water, sanitation, and hygiene efforts that we do in these regions. And Adam and his friends have been a part, and even the past church that was a part of have, have been uh, even instrumental in some of the work that we've been doing in East Africa as, as a whole. And so uh, I really appreciate the, even the relationship that we've been able to develop through that effort too. Uh, with that said, I'm, I'm here just to share with you a little bit of what we're doing, what we're currently doing in East Africa. And so, um, Let's go ahead and go to the next slide. There we are. So uh, there is a village in in Uganda that we're particularly working in, and we decided we need to figure out what's going on with these wa- water situations. All of you, for the most part, probably understand that water is a major issue in the developing world. And why is that? Let's go to the next slide here. So I don't typically show pictures like this, um, just personal conviction of why I don't show those things but I was out in East Africa in Uganda in uh, March of this year and I went to this place so we were actually doing some research while we were out there and I saw these kids and they were walking by a hand pump and that hasn't been working for seven years and I was like why is that And, and part of the research that we're doing is trying to get to the root cause of why Even the efforts that we've been doing here in the West, whether it's charities, NGOs, uh, even churches or governments who have been going into these regions and trying to assist and help people with this even basic thing of uh, getting water and trying to understand why isn't it not working? Because it's not. And you would think of of this area and you, you saw that circle around that village, two mile radius around that village. And you would think, you know, maybe there isn't a whole lot of water sources there. And the reality is we've actually surveyed and we found over 80 that they collect water from. So why, why do they have water sources, but yet it's still an issue? And, that, and that's the, the question that is to a degree uh, permeating my conscience and my heart. And I believe it's the Lord that's doing that. And I, I wanna see situations like this where this doesn't exist anymore because this shouldn't exist. With all the money, all the resources, and all the efforts that have gone into trying to help situations like this, why does it still exist? Because it shouldn't. It really shouldn't. You think about even our, our environment here, you know, would we be okay with our children doing something like this? No, we wouldn't be okay with that. Would we even be okay with our kids going out of school having to walk a quarter to get water to bring back to the school? No, we would not be okay with that. So why is it okay for us to do that there? Why is this okay to exist? And, and that is, uh, like I said, a very large conviction that the Lord's put in my heart to try to start working towards and try to figure out why this is existing. Let's go to the next slide. <clears throat> so we've identified an issue. You know, water accessibility and dependability is underdeveloped in this area. Let's go to the next slide. And we have a goal. We want to see increased water accessibility and water source dependability within this project area. And what is this project area? Go to this next slide. Uh, Part of this project area uh, requires not only an issue and a goal to be identified, but part of the solution that then comes on the other side of that is working with locals to be able to figure out how to create solutions with them to bring resolve to issues that they're dealing with. This has been a qualitative difference that we've seen that's actually impacting in a very positive way is when we go and we actually work with the people and train them to bring change for their own community. And so our efforts are very much and are very highly focused on that, of working with locals and working with uh, community leaders and trying to understand why are these issues existing and how do we work together to make that change? Because what they've been waiting on is for others to make the change for them. And even through the work that we've been doing and the surveying that we've been doing, that has become very prevalent instead of feeling empowered to make change. So here we go. We start this project. We train people to go out and survey their own community within their own community. It's one thing to be able to train people to go to another community and survey survey it. And it's a way different thing when you people and create opportunities for people in their own community to start working towards solutions in their own community next slide <clears throat> so here's a survey area that 80 some water points that we've identified already and they were the ones that identified it let me tell you something these guys feel so empowered they feel so empowered that the, that they can go and actually identify these issues in this community and even start be able to look towards solutions in this community of how to bring resolve to these issues. They had no idea that this many water points existed in their own community. And and oftentimes people come up to me when I'm I'm there and they say, we need another borehole, we need another water source. And I'm quickly saying, I don't know if that's the case anymore. And even this proves I don't think that's the case. So what's the issue now? So they have water, now what, what issue are we dealing with? Next slide. So here's some things that we found out. Out of 53 hand pumps that exist out there where they're getting water from, three of them work. Wait a second. What's going on here? (laughs) Why are three working? 30 of them, they they pump some water, but they need repaired. 20 of them don't work at all. 20. That's a high percentage of pumps that aren't working at all, that were installed by NGOs, by charities, by governments, and they're not working at all. Why is that? We want to find out. We don't want to just put a band-aid on this. A band-aid is going in. We'll repair everything for you and get it up and running. And guess what? In six to 12 months, they're going to be right back in the same situation they were before. Next slide. <coughs> maintenance plan. Did they have one? No. 96% of them don't have maintenance plans. Why? Why don't they have ni- Or why don't they have a maintenance plan? You, that would be a question that I'd want to ask, and I have to ask. Because that maintenance plan is going to be something that's going to be able to help change this situation and and why these pumps, why 30 of them need repaired and 20 of them don't work at all. Next slide. Coliform tests. Those of you who are in the health industry, you know that coliform is is that indicator to identify E. coli in the water. So 40% of those 80 water sources that we identified, they all are test positive for coliform cults bad bacteria like E. coli. That's nearly 50% of their water sources that they're getting water from are contaminated. That's a big deal. Why is that? Why is that happening? How do we correct that? Those are questions that we're asking and that we're trying to work towards. Next slide. <clears throat> so we've been able to identify some issues here. You know, awareness is a big one. Guys have gone out, they've done surveys and they found out that people have no idea how these pumps even function. It might be a, a $100 fix to make something work again, and it's been sitting dormant for over seven years. Education, locals are not trained in how to maintain this infrastructure that's been provided for them. Don't get me wrong, it's important the work that people are doing in putting w- wells in or putting in different infrastructure, that's important, it is, it really is. But also, it has to be coupled with education and knowing how to maintain these things and even develop them into a, a more dependable resource for their own community. Because for me, it shouldn't just stop at a hand pump. How do we now get that water from that hand pump to the people in their homes? Not the other way and make people come and get it themselves. Next, and then training. We have to train people. Without training a group of people to be able to take care of these issues, including local leaders, this will not change. Next slide. So how are we doing this? We're addressing these issues by working with community leaders. Um, Recently, we actually, I just got a message even this past, what, three days ago, that um, basically the NGO board of Uganda has been reviewing our work. And they they are looking at what we're doing and they actually see it as a very viable and sustainable approach that they wanna see move forward within the country of Uganda. So we're pretty excited about that. But it's gonna take a lot of effort to work with these individuals and a lot of time to work with these individuals to be able to see how we're able to work together to bring about that change. Provide opportunities for awareness. So going into schools, working with schools, and even educating children on how to identify some of these issues and curb them, like washing hands, just simple hygiene things, or even, hey, what's a simple filter that we can use to be able to change the quality of our water so we're not getting sick with E. coli and then and then training that team of of technicians to be able to bring that change this is the let's see one more slide do I got it yes so one more slide we want to make this something that's duplicable we want to see that change not just happen in this one community but we want it to become a model to be able to then be spread to other not just in Uganda, but other regions of the world that are struggling with the same issues. And we very much see that this is becoming that sustainable model that's gonna bring the type of change that these people in this country have been longing for for a very long time. But again, like I said, it's not easy, it's not simple. It takes time, it takes education, and it takes a lot of training and a lot of empowerment to see that change happen. But we're thankful to the Lord that we actually get to participate in this work in this way. We're thankful for the Lord to even put the convictions in uh, the, the people I work with uh, within our hearts to be able to see we can do something about this and we can empower people to be able to bring that change that's necessary. And, and we're thankful to the Lord for opportunities even to get to share with you and even bring awareness to you because you know how many of you understood that you know, over 90% of water sources out there that have been put in are not functioning properly? Most people don't know that. They just see, oh, we want to support putting a well in and that's what they do. But they don't see the ramifications that happen on the backside of that. And that's something that we're trying to address. We don't wanna do band-aids. We don't like band-aids. We wanna see how we address root issues and be able to bring change to communities that will be sustainable and don't even require us to come in anymore and help. So thank you. Adam, thanks again for allowing me to get up here and share. And that's a little bit of what we're doing with New Waterworks. There you go.